Welcome to the Med Street Journal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Med Street Journal podcast. My name is Rodney Hu. Today I'm joined by another very special guest, Mr. Brian Yarnell. He is the president and co-founder of Blue Stream Health. And Blue Stream Health is changing the way healthcare is delivered. Um, they're dedicated to providing seamless, cost-effective access to healthcare experts throughout the healthcare continuum. Um, their platform allows healthcare professionals to instantly request and receive remote video assistance at the point of care across virtually any expertise. So that's something that I'm super excited to kind of learn more about and um, have Brian on and kind of share what he's been working on. Um, so with that being said, Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Rodney, and thanks for the introduction. Um, yeah, we found Stream about five years ago with a vision of just making healthcare a lot easier to deliver across you know, a large patient population. So for us, you know, COVID-19 has been a really interesting proof point of that theory, and it's uh, got some great results. Nice, nice. So why don't we just kind of jump into it, and how did you actually get into healthcare, and how did you land in this sector, and how did you come up with Bluestream? Yeah, that's a great question, uh, and I'll try to keep it brief, but I, prior to healthcare, I was managing um, enterprise technology platforms in digital media, business intelligence, and analytics, and yeah, at the time, I was thinking you know, it'd be interesting to get into something different. I got an offer from an organization that was academic that had received about $20 million in grants from the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, to build out a product portfolio to solve some health disparities. So to me, it sounded fantastic. I think I might have been a little naive at the time. I jumped into it and quickly discovered that healthcare is not like the rest of the world when it comes to actually implementing, purchasing, and uh, delivering solutions. So it was uh, it was really eye-opening, really interesting. But I wound up spinning a business out of that academic entity called Starling Health that was a replacement for nurse call buttons. And we put those at patient bedsides throughout hospitals, drove patient workflow, provider workflow, um, ultimately sold that business to Hillrom, the, uh, the hospital bed and nurse call manufacturer, about six years ago. And got together with uh, my co-founders for Bluestream and thought about you know, how do we address workflow issues in a similar type of idea, but on a much more grand scale. And, and that was the thought behind Bluestream was, you know, how do we make it easy to get the right providers in front of the right patients and give health systems the tools? Okay. And so when we're looking at industry trends, especially with this whole COVID pandemic lockdown that we got right now, you can see a, a big transition towards telehealth, right? And so that's a big thing that you guys do. But on your website, it says like, video conferencing is not telehealth. And I know some people may be like, what, what's the difference? So can you kind of explain the thought process behind that? Absolutely. And that's, that's a great jumping off point. So coming into this call, the one you and I are having, <clears throat> you know, Rodney and Brian, we know we're supposed to be talking at noon Eastern time on Tuesday. It's not a very complicated workflow, and we got it together, and the two of us are having a conversation. Um, you know, if you contrast that to some of the things we're doing, like a patient in nine one uh, in New York City dials nine one one and says, "You know, I think I may have COVID. What do I do?" It, you're not talking about scheduling up a one to one session next Tuesday. You're talking about how do I get this person into a virtual front door for care delivery as easily as possible and then move that patient through a care continuum 
to get that patient to the right provider in real time. Um, so if you think about it, that provisioning, that process of creating a handshake between a patient and a provider in real time on a massive scale is what we do and, and what we have some patents around. So you know, to put it in perspective, we do on a given month about 4 million minutes of video consults, and you'll see an average wait time of less than 30 seconds right now between the time a patient says, I need a consult, and the time a provider is connected with that patient. Okay, and so how are you actually going about getting people to your platform? I know like creating the product is one thing and really finding the problem that you want to tackle and creating the solution. But then once you do that, like how are you going about attracting the right people to the platforms? Because I know there's like different targets and different audiences that can benefit from this. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a great question. And you know, a lot of people set out to change the way healthcare is delivered by thinking of great consumer facing solutions. And you know, we started as a small organization with limited resources and we thought we could have the biggest impact by not going direct to consumers, but going business to business to consumer. So our customers are not the consumers. Most consumers don't even know we exist. Uh, and a lot of hospitals don't know we exist. We are always white labeled and we are marketing our solutions directly to major healthcare organizations like hospitals and insurance companies, as well as third party organizations that just need a better way to deliver their services into the healthcare market. So for us, you know, getting to critical mass was the tough part. Right. How do you build a platform that has enough supply and demand on it that people take it seriously as this is an option to bridge that supply and demand equation between consumers and the healthcare organizations that are out there looking for a better way to get to those consumers? Okay, okay. And so what would you say is like the biggest challenge when trying to get people to buy in to what you have indoctrinate them into the value that you're bringing to the industry. And is, has anything stuck out to you? Like, man, like if I could just solve this one problem, like <laughs> this would make my job so much easier. Um, I think so. And I, and I think you hit the nail on the head with opening up that video conferencing is not telehealth, right? Especially post COVID we're seeing it get a little bit easier, but the way we look at it is that care is transitioning out of the hospital with or without COVID. Right? There's a better way to deliver care, and it involves engaging patients at home in the different organizations or different care, care locations where they are. And integrating virtual care throughout that patient journey is the, is the you know, a challenge that a lot of these organizations have. Um, the, you know, the, for us, convincing these organizations that this is more than just a one-to-one -one connection, you actually have to integrate this throughout the workflow. I mean, that that's the big challenge. And then we're seeing some movement there. Oh, okay. Okay, nice. So you guys are actually have in progress. You guys are actually getting what your solution out into the hands of others. And prior to us jumping on, I was doing a little bit of research on like your company, like what, do, what have you guys been working on and stuff? And I see that you guys have case studies and like people are actually using what you're doing and getting the results that you guys are promising. So are, is there any one of these case studies, whether it's um, Signature Healthcare or MedStar Health or any one of these case studies that really stick out to you be, by the results that they were able to get? Um, I think so. I mean, MedStar Health is a great example. They have been able to deliver I want to say close to half a million uh, virtual visits using our platform since COVID happened. And 
<clears throat> some of it is, you know, just in that we integrate care delivery across the organization appropriately, right? And it's not just engaging patients in a case like that. It's um, we sat down with MedStar and figured out that if we want to migrate this much care delivered virtual, we have to have a multi-pronged approach. And some of that is direct integration. So we were able to actually integrate directly into their provider logins, their single sign-on system, so that we onboarded 15,000 physicians in a matter of two or three weeks. Um, and then MedStar themselves did a great job of educating the public about this option for care um, and what to do when they got into these virtual sessions. But, but they ramped up from hundreds of virtual consults a month to, you know, at COVID's peak, 150,000 consults in a month, all virtual. So it was, it was a big success. Nice. Um, you know, right now we're currently integrating our services into New York City's 911 system with New York City Health and Hospitals. This is a, a really interesting one because, um, you know, especially given COVID and some of the things that have happened, it's it's important not to tie up critical resources for first responders if you don't have to. Um, and it's also great to give patients another avenue to interact with care providers that doesn't involve getting a taxi or getting an Uber and going to a care location. So they're just casting a wide net of different front doors for patients, whether it's the 911 system or whether it's literally going to a website and saying, I need to talk to a physician right now. Okay, interesting. And how is that like transition like when you're working with these companies, like how is that transition to getting them onto your platform, educating them for them to actually be effective? Pretty, pretty simple, simple and seamless onboarding. Um, it is, it is. I mean, a, a lot of the complexity we do behind the scenes is hidden from users. So onboarding physicians, I mean, it should be as easy as giving them just really simple dashboards, really simple tools to use. Um, for patients, it's even easier. I mean, we were literally just sending a text message or an email to patients, um, or in some cases, even just a phone call where, you know, patients and you need to be seen by a provider, you're going to get a text message on your phone. You're going to click it, see a consent form in your language and you're live to video instantly. So that's, I mean, a big barrier to adoption we see is these heavy patient portals or things where you have to install an app. Um, if you're going to deploy quickly, and get people like our parents into virtual sessions, you can't make it difficult. Mm, okay, okay. And so talking about telehealth and the power of just like connecting people, the like patients to the right providers at the right time. And so where do you see telehealth going? Like what is the potential that you see for telehealth in the industry? And like, there's a reason you tackled tackled this problem and decided to go all in on this? Like, what, what is the vision that you have for this? You know, for us, the, the vision, I mean, it's, and I'd like to say we, we saw the future when we founded the company five years ago and knew COVID was going to happen, but um, that's not the case. You know, when, when we founded the company, we had a vision of, you know, we called it democratizing access to healthcare. Uh, too many systems were too heavy, too complicated, and too costly that, you know, these organizations couldn't implement virtual care strategies, um, or if they did, they were actually implementing them with organizations that had their own resources to sell you, of empowering you to deliver your own providers. So, you know, from our standpoint, the vision was to become ubiquitous, right? Let's create a lightweight, simple platform as a service 
that we can use to let health systems, let healthcare providers really build out access to care for all patient populations. Um, you know, COVID-19 has been a big shot in the arm for that because there's a real need. Yeah, for sure. So you think like COVID, like I know like COVID is like, everyone's like, oh, it's bad and stuff. But from a business standpoint, <laughs> you're being the healthcare business. Do you think that COVID somewhat kind of help propel you guys and kind of push you forward? Um, definitely, definitely. And this is, I mean, it was interesting timing for us. We, we were a bootstrapped company. We never took outside funding. And we got to the point last year where we were starting to run cash flow positive and we decided, you know what, let's double down. And we hired a chief medical officer, a chief revenue officer, a sales team. Uh, we got those folks on board and ready to go as of about February. So we were definitely in the right place at the right time, but we had the dry powder, so to speak, to do it. And when COVID-19 hit, we actually released a free version of the platform and just gave it out. And we were blown away by the response. You know, we had thousands and thousands of care providers sign up. Um, and what we saw is that these were not just little mom and pop organizations. These were doctors at major healthcare organizations where the healthcare organizations just couldn't give them the tools they needed to do their jobs. So um, it was a really interesting thing where we thought we were doing something nice for the world and give out free access. And what we realized is that we just created a tremendous sales funnel. Oh, really? Nice. So that's interesting because you're essentially just giving away free value. Like, you know, it can work. You, you've been putting in the effort, but you just gave it away for free. And people recognize the value, right? So that's why it's like, people don't like to be sold, but they love to buy. And if your product is that good, then they're going to want to buy it. And I'm assuming by the feedback that you guys got that obviously it kind of proved to you guys that what you guys have been working on um, is worth it. Like <laughs> all the hard work and all I that. I think so. That, and something that surprised us is that bigger and bigger organizations need this type of solution. You know, a lot of people without naming names have kind of swung and missed where they implemented what they thought was a reasonable approach to delivering virtual care. And it, and it looks good in a boardroom or it looks good on a whiteboard. But in the real world, it's got to be more elegant. It's got to be more forward thinking in terms of complex workflows and integrations. Um, and it can't break the bank. Right? A lot of these organizations are strapped for cash. So we wound up, you know, we found ourselves in a really nice sweet spot in the middle where it was easy enough for you know, low income, low health literacy people to use and deploy just all over the country, but robust enough that major enterprises could bake this into everyday business processes. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> you said it. I like how you said it, a lot of companies without naming like swing and miss. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> on the flip side, like you guys are having a lot of success. So what do you think is like the biggest differentiator between your guys' approach to bringing value to the market and having the success you guys had compared to other competitors that you guys may have noticed that maybe aren't having the type of success you guys have? Um, I think a couple of things, you know, number one is focus, right? I mean, there, there are big organizations. Uh, we, we happen to be using one of them to talk right now that have great telecom tools, but they're not healthcare companies. Right. And when we founded Bluestream from day one, you know, we called it Bluestream health. And we, we actually took longer than we should have to figure out that, you know, we wanted to have health right in the name of the company because that's our mission. And, and you can't be all things to all people. So you see some of these larger horizontal organizations that want to get into the healthcare game or are in the healthcare game because they've been dragged there by their customers. 
but they don't necessarily have the focus to do it appropriately. <clears throat> and on the other side, you've got other organizations that are very successful, but they're not necessarily virtual care organizations. Right? These are organizations that have a vested interest in selling you resources, like a physician. So if I had you know, 200 physicians to pay, and I've got those people sitting on a bench, it, it kind of changes my prioritization of my product roadmap and my sales strategy versus just selling you technology that lets you hit the ground running and do things yourself. Mm, okay, okay, nice. And so I like how I like how you explain that kind of how you guys are taking that different approach. And then you said you've given out stuff for free, you're getting getting a lot of feedback, like you guys hitting cash flow positive, like you guys are making all this progress, right? So you guys are hitting the milestones, accomplishing your goals. Um, but out of all the positive stuff, what is like stuck out to you the most as far as like what you're most proud of accomplishing milestone wise? I think for us, you know, it's it's got to be where we are with the with the business and the number of sessions we're able to deliver. You know, when we started this company, you could literally look at the reporting and see you know, single digit, no, two digit, three digit number of sessions happening in a day. And over the past six months, we've gotten to the point where we're deployed running major healthcare delivery across the country. You know, MedStar Health, uh, New York City Health and Hospitals. Um, Signature Health, Leon. I mean, you know, we're we're live in Walmart and a lot of their vision centers and pharmacy. So, you know, for us, the, the biggest accomplishment I think we're proud of is that you know, we've taken this thing from idea to being real. I mean, we're we're out there and we're making a difference, um, and we were able to do it without taking outside finance and really losing track of that vision of building something that's good for patients, good for providers. I like that. I like that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we talked about a lot of interesting topics relating to telehealth and kind of what you guys are doing. Um, but we're coming up towards the end of the interview. So I kind of want to end on a little lighter exercise with something I call the rapid fire round. So I'm going to ask you a set of questions and you kind of just give me whatever answer you come up with. All right. Perfect. All right. So question number one, what is your favorite book of all time? My favorite book of all time is a, a book called Undaunted Courage, which is about the Lewis and Clark expedition. Um, it's really interesting because it talks about the politics around it. Um, and then it's it's kind of this haunting first person vision of what the country looked like before we got to uh, taking apart all the natural resources and destroying the indigenous cultures. So it's uh, it's a really neat book. Okay. Okay. Nice. Um, question number two, who is the most influential person in your life or career? So I think I have a three month old son, so I'm going to, I'm going to give you the softball answer and say my son right now, because oh, nice. he's, uh, I think it's an inspiration to continue on the mission that we have of creating a better environment for, uh, for the people today and for future generations in terms of access to healthcare. Okay. Nice. Shout out to, uh, your son. Congratulations, too, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Number three, what is one goal you want to accomplish this year? So this is uh, non-business related, but I've got a, uh, I got a, a car that I race on the track, and I, I blew up the engine uh, out on the racetrack, and I've been slowly but surely putting it back together myself. And uh, between COVID and business growing and having a son, it's, it's one of these uh, 
stereotypical project cars in my garage. So that's that's my goal in the next six or eight weeks is try to get that wrapped up. I think I'll put on the back burner for a little bit. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> Um, but last but not least, what is one piece of advice that you would give to your 20 year old self? I think, you know, you know, it's the same advice I would give to anybody out on a career path or trying to start a business is, is don't confuse motion with progress. Uh, you know, you could spend your entire day working on things, but it's very important to have a very focused goal that's you know challenging and achievable and structured in terms of stepwise. How do you get from point A to point B? And, you know, I, I see a lot of young people, and I was one of them at one point, that, um, you know, engage in initiatives with business or otherwise that are good because it keeps you busy and it's activity, but it doesn't really get you any closer to a goal. Mm, okay, awesome. That's excellent advice to kind of end this uh, episode on. That's, that's perfect. So, yeah, Brian, I just want to thank you again for jumping on and sharing what you guys are doing over at Bluestream and how you guys are Changing the game, man. Changing Thank the game you. of telehealth. And, uh, I'm excited to see what else you guys got going on in the future. Um, but where can people connect with you? Where can people learn more about um, what you guys are working on? Um, so certainly come to our website, bluestreamhealth.com. Or if anybody wants to connect, shoot me an email. It's B-Y-A-R-N-E-L-L B -Y -A -R -N -E -L -L, at bluestreamhealth.com. Awesome. Awesome. I'll be sure to include all of those in the show notes as well. But with that being said, that ends today's episode. Catch you guys on the next one. All right. Thank you. Thank you.